Hey, this is Father Chris from Cool Hip Priest, and you are listening to The Wild Man and Steve. You are about to listen to the intersection of faith, talk, and music. The Wild Man and Steve Show starts right now. continuation of the interview with Jay Jackson from Apologetics with the Wild Man and Steve. I was saying to Wild Man before the start of the show, I said, when I first heard Apologetics, this was a few years back, I uh, picked up a CD at uh, a local Christian bookstore. I think the thing that blew me away most was how ridiculously talented you guys are musically. As I was listening, and, and, and I mean that in two really distinct ways. One is the the breadth of genres that you guys cover. I mean, it's just, just ridiculous. I mean, there's Doors, Stones, Zemplin, Purple, Creedence, the Eagles, but also some more contemporary bands as well. Obviously, a lot, a lot of the Tyson Rock bands. Unbelievable that you that one band would be able to to really do well all those different styles. And then the second piece is do them so well. I mean, you guys just clip. So talk to us a little bit about the band and and just the really the ridiculous musical chops that you guys have. Well, first of all, Steve, there'll be a little something extra in your Christmas stocking this year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Uh, thank you very much. Well, um, yeah, the, the guys in this band, God has given us a lot of guys who like a lot of different styles of music. Now, some of them like some styles more than others. Okay. But they're all open to doing all sorts of things. And the vast majority of them have been in a number of bands over the years. You know, they mm. cut their teeth playing this stuff. So that, especially the seventies and eighties stuff, you know what I mean? I could be listening to 60s music and say, 
oh, this is it. I was born in the 60s. And I love this, you know, British invasion stuff and stuff. But now I listen to early 70s and stuff. Oh, I remember this from when I was a kid. They have all this cheesy early 70s stuff. I love it. Late 70s. Oh, that album rock stuff before disco took over. That was great. 80s. I love this. This the new British invasion, the new wave. I love this late eighties. I love hair metal nineties. We learned the nineties because we were already a band by then. We just had our 30th anniversary as a band this past week. That was the 30th anniversary of our first, first concert, but people started asking us to play for youth groups. And so like a missionary, we said, we better learn their language. So we immersed mm. ourselves in the Nirvana and Soundgarden and green day and the offspring. And there was a lot of great music. You know, the words left something to be desired, but we take care of that. Um, and uh, so I love all that stuff, too. And there was a lot of stuff in the early 2000s I really liked. I like rap when it's done well. And so um, and, and we have other like minded people in this band. So mm. these are people who God already allowed it. It's kind of not to put ourselves on par with the Apostle Paul. But you know how he was trained as a Pharisee under Gamaliel. Right. I mean, he was he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. So he knew the law. He was a Roman citizen, so he's schooled in Greek. You know, he knows the Greek mm -hmm. philosophers, so he can go and he quotes Greek philosophers on Mars Hill. He also does, apparently, in some of his epistles, too, that they're like uh, to Titus and stuff, you know. Um, so they had those those backgrounds, and God did the same thing for us, you know. So so we were qualified to go and do it, and we can't believe we get to do it. And, and, and you know, the, the funny thing is, is I got rid of all those albums, I had to go buy a bunch of them back so I could learn these songs to do these parodies. But but we didn't set out to do parodies as a gimmick. You know, what I mean, it definitely wasn't a money making scheme. And that's good because you don't make a lot of money doing parodies. But it was um, it, it was just one of those things where as I look back on my life, I've been writing parodies all my life since I was a little kid. I mean, long before I heard of Weird Al, when I <laughs> when we've met Weird Al and his drummer has played on our CDs. But um as I read his biographical, a lot of the same stuff that influenced him influenced me. So as he was collecting top 40 charts from Casey Kasem or Billboard magazine, so was I. And as he was listening to, um, you know, Spike Jones and Dan Freeberg mm -hmm. and all these old comedian things, I liked novelty music too. And so when Weird Al comes along, you know, oh, and he loved Mad Magazine. I loved Mad Magazine and Cracked Magazine. And when they would do these parodies, even if I didn't know the original songs, I'd seek out the original songs because I was just so fascinated with parodies. So, and, and my mother always encouraged us to do original stuff in the house. So like for birthdays, for Christmas, make a card, you know, perform mm. a song. My sister and I had a singing telegram service where we would, we would custom write songs for people. I did it in college, but I never thought of this as one of my gifts. And, and I backed into it because I, I get saved and, and I totally abandoned, just like John Schlitt from Petro, you mentioned, you know, I've read his testimony. He talked about just, I think he was working as a janitor. You know, he quit Head East and he didn't, he didn't have any aspirations. And I didn't have any more aspirations of being in a rock band. That was my dream. I was content to be a Christian, just working at a printing company in a production office. And, and then God did some things, some kind of crazy coincidence kind of things that let me know, like, wow, maybe I should do this. So I started writing original songs and I was playing the guitar and I'd been learning to play the guitar right before I got saved. And all of a sudden I felt like God had increased my aptitude of playing and singing at the same time. And I thought, I can't sing these original words. And I'm reading all this stuff in the Bible. I want to memorize this and I love to teach. So I'm there. I'm going to teach myself 
you know, these Bible verses, I'm going to teach myself the books of the Bible. And so all of a sudden the Ramones, I want to be sedated is how I learned the old Testament. And Paul Simon's Kodachrome is how I learned the new Testament. And I learned the genealogy of Jesus to rock and roll by Led Zeppelin. You know, and I learned the Kings of Judah to good times, bad times by Led Zeppelin. And it was mainly to teach myself, never thinking anybody in the world is going to be interested in this besides I am. And that's how God does crazy things like that, you know? Hey, Steve, I'm on a mission. Oh, really? Yeah, I am determined, determined, mind you, to make you a pet head. You mentioned before that since the Wild Man and Steve show began, you have grown as a Petra fan. Am I right? You're right, but I'm still not as obsessed as you are. Well, let me ask you this. What do you think it would take to get you there? Look, I'm not sure that's possible. You know, I mean, you, you had a different experience growing up that I just didn't have with them, which is great, but it's not like we can go back in time. Would you welcome with me from Nashville, Tennessee, the Beat the System Tour 1985 with Petra. Dude, this concert is going to rock. You're telling me. I'm telling you, man, welcome to the world of being a pet head. Okay, here we go. Man, after that concert, one thing is for sure, I am definitely a pet head. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, what, Wild Man? Wild, wild Man, you, you kind of zoned out for a minute. Where were you? Uh, sorry, man. I was captured in time and space. You too can be captured in time and space? by experiencing Petra's DVD and full concert CD with that title. Enjoy this monumental concert from 1985, which literally let the world know who Petra was. This is for all you pet heads like Wildman, and for people like me, almost pet heads. Legendary concert by a legendary band. Pick yours up at girdermusic.com today, and be sure to use the code Wildman and Steve or 10% off your entire order. Go there today. Uh, Wild Man, you still with me? Whoa. 
Stone, she's leaving me again. Wild man. Oh, wild man. So, you know, there's a there's a theme that I'm noticing from the era that you came out of, which is very similar to the era that Steve and I are in and uh, a lot of the artists we interview. Um, you talk about your conversion experience and how impactful that was and how there was a, a, an amazing change that 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 overtook you. Just a curious question, um, maybe getting off into some theology or church history. Uh, do you see conversions happening like that today? Not nearly as much, Wild Man. I love watching it happen. I love when you see somebody you knew come to Christ, or sure. and I love reading people's testimony. I mean, I was a journalism major in college. I was a features writer. So believe it or not, even though I'm doing most of the talking here, I much rather prefer to interview people. I, mm -hmm. I love hearing people's testimonies. I love. I, I love nonfiction. I love reading biographies, autobiographies. Mm. And so I'm always fascinated by that. But I have noticed the same thing where there don't seem to be nearly as many people. And and I I want it. I like asking the Lord, Lord, I want to see this happen more because, you know, it kindles your own faith. I have no no regrets, no turning back or anything like that. But you know how it just fires you up when you see a young person who's fired up or somebody you knew you grew up with. And yeah. I, I have had the chance of seeing people that I grew up with who eventually came to the Lord. And that's a wonderful thing. But I, I want to see more of it. Why do you think it is? Well, I mean, there's been so many. We've asked that question of other artists. And I think the the one that uh, he really gave the best answer was uh, Eddie DeGarmo of DeGarmo and Key, who said that the church was in a state of revival for that span of time. Mm -hmm. And right now it isn't. And... Uh, it seems to me like we are in a state of confusion. You know, the church is, doesn't know what they believe as much, so they're not able to reach out as much. But from your perspective, with what you do with apologetics, I'm sure you've witnessed that. And and I'm just curious about, um, like, currently, what, what are you seeing as the quote-unquote wins for what you do? Um, mm -hmm. The impact you're making on people's lives, you know, the, um, the difference you're making. Sure. Obviously, if somebody tells you that God used the song that you wrote or lyrics you wrote to, to lead them to the Lord, that's the, the cherry on top. Okay. But there sure. are a lot of other people who come to us and say, you got me started reading the Bible. And one of the things we do in our newsletter, a person encouraged me to do this a few years ago because they knew that I, I read through it every year. They said, why don't you do your, because I have my own reading plan that, that, I, that I do. I don't mean like a commentary. I've read lots of Bibles as commentary. I just mean I have my own style that it works out to about three chapters a day. You can get through the whole, you, you have to do like 10 a day when you're in Psalms. But, um, and, and they said, why don't you tell all the readers in the, in the newsletter so they can follow along? And so people did that. And over the years, I've had a lot of people say, you got me started reading the Bible. And, you know, the Bible will do the trick <laughs> if, if they read it with an open mind. They don't need, it's not persuasive speech, like, like Paul says. So that's definitely a win. If we get people to, with our songs, be aware of stories in the Bible they didn't know about, you know, things in the Bible they didn't know about. Um, doctrine, we, we cover a lot as far as doctrine. And, and you know, it's that old, adi that adage, 
in the essentials unity and the non-essentials liberty, but in all things charity, okay? But there are some non-negotiables in the Christian faith. apologetics contrary to popular opinion not because we're a sorry batch of individuals but because we believe in the defense of the christian faith right and we right. were very much into that and so we want to be able to get people fired up about that so that's a win for us if we can explain to somebody about the, the trinity like anybody can really explain it but you know i mean if we can show them where in the bible you can see this you know where 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 even though the word's not there where you can what are the good verses for this? If we can talk to them about the deity of Christ, the bodily resurrection of Christ, you know, those things. And we talk about simple things too, like, you know, bow or lambs, you know, about just little, right. little sheep. So try to have something for, for all ages. And um, Eugene Levy, the comedian, I, I read this in an interview with him once. He says, always play to the top of your audience's intelligence level. And so we just throw it out there. And over the years, uh, there's sometimes where I'll say, like, God, will anybody get this besides me? And thankfully, I have a very bright wife, and I can ask her, and, and she usually encourages me to do it anyway. And it's amazing to me. People do pick up on things. You know what I mean? They they get it. And uh, so those are wins for us. We, we've had some songs, Wild Man, uh, that totally blow my mind. Uh, I can't tell you how many times where I, I'll write a song, because we've done over like over 750 parodies over the years and we have 64 CDs. You know, I mean, we have a lot of songs out there and, and I'll think, Lord, was this song a total waste? You know I mean? Uh, does this mean anything to anybody? Was that a waste of time? And I can't tell you how many times it's like been there, like the next day. Like I remember doing that specifically. We did a parody of interstate love song by the stone temple pilots. And it was called in your face love song. And it was about Romans 10, nine. Okay. Basically about Romans 10, nine and stuff. And you know, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And we wrote about this song and some guy I worked with came up to me like the next day and said, you know what? He says, became a Christian recently. And that song of yours, first of all, I was so blown away. This guy became a Christian, but he says that song is the one that did it. And I'm thinking, this is a song I thought was a throwaway. And I was just asking God mm -hmm. if it had any thing. And this guy, I've run into this guy recently, like 30 years later, and he still credits that song, you know, and then we have other songs like we did a parody of Last Resort by Papa Roach, which is a very unpleasant lyrically song. I mean, the guy says he's cut, cut my life into pieces. I'm contemplating suicide. It, it's, it's a hard rock song. I hated the original. I like hard rock, but our bass player liked it. So I thought 
I'll listen to it, see if I get an idea. And I'm mowing my lawn, I think it was, and I get the idea, plug my life into Jesus instead of cut my life into pieces. I said, this is too funny. It's just turns it on its head. I'm going to do this. Yeah, and I yeah. work. There's Romans 10, nine. Again, it keeps coming back. I worked that into there over the years. We have had so many people come up to us. We had a guy who was Jewish said, said, that's the song that did it for me. I mean, and, and he was serious enough. You know, he went to his Jewish mother to tell, tell her that he'd become a Christian. We had another lady who grew up in Tennessee. She says her mom's a church lady. Her dad's a pastor. And, and, and that was the song that did it for her. She said, I used to listen to the original and contemplate suicide. And, 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 and she said, I've heard the sinner's prayer a million times in my life, but I, I never prayed along with it. And this one night we played in Tennessee and there wasn't a big crowd that night. Okay. And this guy who owned a Chick-fil-A was the guy sponsoring the concert. He invited his employees there. So she was there. And, uh, and, and we said, there's hardly anybody here. Let's just slam them over the head. There's a bunch of youth here. Let's open up with this Papa Roach parody. We never open up with this song ever, ever. And we just, let's just do it. She told, she told, um, her boss the next day, all this had happened. So he had her talk with us. And she said, last night I came to that concert because he told me to, and you opened up with this, my favorite song. And she said, and so you had my attention. And by the time you give the sinner's prayer, I've never prayed that prayer before. She said, but I did with you guys, you know, and it was just amazing, you know, and that was just a total, we backed into it, but God had it all under control. But here's an interesting thing in light of what you said, wild man, she said that, she was so excited to tell people about that she prayed this prayer and there weren't that many people the next day when she told them that we're excited. It's like, I was excited. Her boss was excited. You know what I mean? So plug my life into Jesus. This gets my life restored. Such a cakewalk. No brainer. Don't need the fuss. If I call and I'll say ya. I've seen my life restored, such a cakewalk, no brainer Don't need the fuss since I called him my savior Do not even care if I die later Cause I belong to Jesus Christ If they took my life tonight Chances are I'd arrive in a place that's out of sight And I'm confident I'm doing fine Cause I'm improving my life, renewing my mind This all started with Romans 10 But you're right. There was that huge revival, that Jesus movement combined, you know, the charismatic movement was going on at the same time in the early 70s. There was a, a perfect storm created by the Holy Spirit, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I, I've got to come back to, and you mentioned the Papa Roach, but I, I, there's a couple of other songs you guys did that is so cool, obviously, for fans who love the, the originals and, and to hear them done in, in a Christian way. But especially when it's a song whose lyrics may not have been particularly edifying original, right? And so to do Eric Clapton's cocaine, okay, to take the stone, start me up, okay? And, and you think about where some of those lyrics go and, and uh, don't fear the reaper, you know, Blue Oyster Cult. How does that feel? Uh, seriously, just as, as the songwriter to know that you have really been able to take something that wasn't God honoring 
may have been actually straight up harmful or negative in the lyric and be able to take that and turn that to his glory. I, I, that's got to feel fantastic to be able to do that. It, it, it does. It, it does, Steve. But I'll tell you, when, when I was a kid, I got a Christmas gift one year. It was called Chip Away. And they gave you these marble blocks and you used your little chisel. And inside was a sports figurine, like a basketball player, baseball player. And it made you feel like you were the one doing the sculpting, but you weren't. It was in there. And, and I have seen that over the years where it's like it's humbling on one end. On the other way, it's encouraging because I know if I get an idea for a song, God's got the rest of it in there. OK, mm. it's just up to me to chisel it out. So it's humbling because I know it's not. I mean, anything good. If you hear anything bad, that's because I got involved. <laughs> but, but the good stuff is because of God. And and but on the other hand, it's encouraging because you're there. I got half this song. The other half's got to be here somewhere. But you know what? An interesting thing is the words Christ and Jesus rhyme with a whole lot of stuff. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I mean, it's amazing. Now, I, one of our drummers used to say with some of the rap songs you have to do and stuff, he says, do you ever wish Jesus's name was Chuck so you could rhyme things a little better? <laughs> but, but, but that having been said, Jesus and Christ rhyme with ama it's amazing how many times you can rhyme those things uh, i mean and, and we we try not to do it in a cheesy fashion i mean if somebody had told me look uh, i would think it was cheesy it's a cheesy idea to do to do parodies but we didn't set out to do this and we try to do it in a way that it'll ccm magazine you're familiar with ccm magazine sure. The, the Los Angeles Times did an article, I'm name dropping here, Los Angeles Times did an article on us once, and they got a quote from the guy from CCM, and, and I like this quote, this editor, he said, it's an incredibly cheesy concept, but they do it remarkably well. <laughs> so it's like, hey, that's all I can do, you know, it's like, like yeah, yeah. we're stuck doing this, I know it's cheesy, <laughs> I know it's not important, I know it's, it's like sports, I like sports, I'm not good at it, aside from Frisbee, but I like sports. I know sports is stupid. It's a distraction. I know it's a foolish thing, but it's, it's, I like it, you know, and it, it enables me to communicate with people. You know, I can start up a conversation with somebody because I know about their sports team in their town or their player. It, it, it makes me not look like I'm totally out of touch with reality in the right. same way with these parodies. I know it's, it's a silly concept, but it, you stick the word of God in it and it's a living active word of God. Been a proud Pharisee. His faith is kind of strong in God's favorite song. And I can tell it didn't belong in prison with me. Yeah, me. Yeah, I can tell it didn't belong in prison with me. All right, so I want to ask you this, and and again, obviously, it's 
It is silly, but it's not because again, some of the stories you've already said in this interview of, of how God has used this to, to bring people to him. So obviously, again, if even one is, is, is reached that way, then it was certainly worth it. Um, again, I hear these songs, Wild Man hears these songs through a certain lens because we know the originals. And so there's also that really cool factor of, oh, dude, it's that song, right? But as you were talking about with youth groups and so forth, and, and I don't know some of your audiences today, do you ever find some younger people who may not know the original who simply hear your song and go, dude, that's just a good song. They don't realize that that was actually Credence back in 72, right? They don't realize that that was, was Zeppelin in, in, in 71, but that's just a good song. Do you ever, do you find that with some of the, the younger audience members? Yes. We, we, um, now that we've been around for 30 years, you have families that have three, at least three generations of apologetics fans. And I get told this all the time by people their their kids grew up on it and they just like the music and they hear the, they, they, they go out, they hear the original and th like, they already like the song, you know, they, they, they have no tie to the other thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and we also have fans like our age, like your, your ages and, and my age, where they weren't around, they weren't actively listening to the radio in the 90s when the grunge right. and alternative came out. But we have some fans who like those CDs of ours because one, they like the music and they like the words that we put to them. And so they don't know the original. I mean, they, they don't know the parody, but they like it. So it's introduced them to a new kind of music. But um, um yeah, it's, it, it, you know, it's a sacrifice for me, though, because on some songs, we've always tried to teach our kids. We have five kids, okay? Our oldest is 26, now our youngest is 11, okay? Um, but we've tried to teach them that, you know, music is not inherently good or bad. It's, you know, the words have a lot to do with, <laughs> with, with it's like a gun, you know what I mean? that it, right. Who's wielding the gun? It can be used to enforce the law, it can be used to break the law. Um, the same way with music and so um what one thing that's sometimes we'll do a song that i liked that i know wasn't really it's not that big of a deal to change it like don't you forget about me by simple minds from the mm -hmm. 80s like our keyboardist really wanted us to do that i'm thinking ah but i kind of like this song there's nothing wrong with it but but <laughs> i did it as a favor to him you know what i mean and we got a really i, I got a good song out of it, i think but there are songs that it's like because I know once I'm done working on this song, I'm never going to hear it the same way again. And here's another thing. I'm going to be sick and tired of it by the time I'm done working with it, because we have to play them over and over again. And before you ask the question, because people ask this, um, I don't get tempted to sing the original lyrics because I have been working so, as a singer who writes the lyrics. I've been working so hard on the lyrics from the word go that I don't hear the original lyrics anymore. You know what I mean? There's no temptation to sing the original lyrics. It changes it forever for me.
So you had this career. The band has been around for many years. What do what's in store for Apologetics here coming up? Um, another album, other albums, I should say, because you guys crank them out very fast. Uh, a, a tour coming up. Uh, what are your plans right now? Well, wild man, and it still freaks me out because you remind me so much of my favorite journalism professor when I was in college. I'm still not sure he's not disguised as you for this interview, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, and that's a compliment. I, he's a guy. He's a very smart guy. And he's, he's a but but anyway, um, I don't know. I always tell people with apologetics, there should be a big bumper sticker on us that says one day at a time, because that's how we got to 30 years, one day at a time. Um, I can tell you that we scaled back touring uh, in the like about 2013, 2014. I just got tired of all the bus breakdowns. You know, we by that time we had like a 40 foot bus, you know, the big trailer. And when you have to call AAA and you tell them you have a bus thing, and then they show up and they say, We can't tow this, we can't do whatever. You got all these problems, you're by the side of the road. Or, um, over the years, different band members who you know they're getting older, they 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 spend more time with their families or whatever. And and even though we would limit our touring to on the weekends, you, you could still do 100 concerts a year or something doing that. And we sometimes we do 40 states a year, but I and I love meeting the people, but mm -hmm. I'd like to do it if there was a transporter beam, you know, I mean, so so we don't we don't tour at the same time. Our drummer started building his own studio and and uh, and so this enabled us to do music like and he got really good at. It. I mean, we always we always had the other guys do the production, but he got really good as an engineer and he he went whole hog with this with the studio. So we started putting out singles. Um, in early 2014, where let's just start doing singles every two weeks, like the old days of 45s, but they're digital singles. We'll yeah. put out two songs about every two weeks. And then we're always doing new stuff. And, and I love it. I mean, I love the challenge of writing 50 songs a year. And, and we can use some of our older members who've moved on. They can literally mail in their parts. You know, I go to the mm -hmm. studio to record mine, but they have home studios. They can do this. And it still allows them to participate. And um, and I don't miss touring. I mean, we the last time we did an actual concert was our 25th anniversary concert five years ago. A lot of people would like us to do a 30th. And it was neat. I mean, we had people from like 30 states come and from Canada. And we've had people fly from like literally from Saskatchewan to come see us in the United States. I mean, that's that's freaky. We have no inflated sense of self-importance. Believe me, we just look at it like, Lord, what in the world yeah. happened? But, but, I mean, the one guy's like a psychiatrist and the other guy's a doctor. I mean, it's like, how did we have this influence on these people? We know it's only God. But what I'm saying is, is our plans, wild man, to answer your question finally is, I don't know. I know the songs we're planning to do in the months to come. And I know I'm excited with that. And we're, we have not run out of ideas. So it's up to God whether we still are able to, but he's enabled us so far to put out 64 CDs over the years mm -hmm. and always new ideas. And there's so many, you know, before I got saved, I say God, you know, I'm using that term before I became a born again, Christian. Um, every once in a while, I used to venture to the Christian dial and say, this, this would be so easy. I mean, all you got to do is throw some songs about God. And then I got saved and I thought, Oh, this would be so hard. And yeah. the truth is between the, the middle, but, 
I never run out of things I want to talk about. You know what I mean? We've written about just about every book of the Bible and verse after verse, but there's so many other things I want to, I want to write about. And I found that other people, they will tolerate a song about Joab and his relationship with his brother. Uh, you, you know, they will tolerate this. And I'm into it there. It's like prog rock people, you know, they're progressive rock. They're into all these weird concepts. It's like, our people will like that too. And, and we'll bring the other ones who aren't, we'll bring them along Absolutely. with them. Absolutely. You know, I, I love that you mentioned the prog rock. Uh, I, I think, you know, stylistically, I think that's true. We've also talked about this. Uh, you got some serious, really heavy metal band that their lyrics are all historical or they're all about famous battles and wars. I'm going, nobody has any problem with that. They've got a following. They, their fans love that kind of stuff. There's no reason in the world not to have, again, like you say, you know, a song about Obadiah. I mean, so what? I mean, there's there's really nothing ridiculous about that when you think about all the territory, uh, you know, the, the music takes in. So I, I love it. I got to say, you know, I, in fact, I, I wore my, my Deep Purple shirt for, for the interview tonight because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge, huge Deep Purple fan. Uh, probably one of my absolute favorite songs of yours, of course, is, is the Joan Jet. I love Apostle Paul. Uh, wrote a lot of lines in the good book, baby. I love, I love that. But I got to tell you, I think one of the coolest things, and, and I've got it right here on my, my playlist, that you did Heartbreaker and Live and Love and Made, which if anybody knows Led Zeppelin uh, 2, the radio would always play those two songs back to back. You'd always play them together. And sure enough, you guys do Hard Labor, followed by Live in Love and Faith. And I'm going. like to put those two together you know like with the cars you can't do you're all i've got tonight without doing bye bye love so we stuck them both together you know what i mean sergeant pepper yeah. you can't do sergeant pepper's only art's got band without a, with a little help from my friends so and and in yeah. this day and age when we put them out on singles we had to put them as individual songs and we did a shuffle proof song too so the the people like you out there aren't saying hey where's my where's my living loving made you know what i mean right <laughs> let zeppelin put out a compilation a few years ago and they didn't they put live and love and made on, I think, but they didn't put heartbreaker on. It's like, how can you do that? You can't, you can't do that. Exactly. You can't do that. <laughs> <It's> sacrilege. Yes. <laughs> All right. Oh, so man. it is now time for wild man's on the spot. This is when I always put the guest on the spot. Okay. Now it's kind of interesting because we kind of put you on the spot through the whole interview, but the emphasis right now is on the spot. So here it is. 
You can only choose one. Okay. A band that you have parodied that you would love to be on the stage with one time. Would, would I have a guarantee that they'd like me? <laughs> <laughs> How could they not? <laughs> yeah, yes. That that for, for you to sing your version of their song with them. Oh gosh. That they would like that they would actually like us. Wow. <laughs> I'm trying to my willing suspension of disbelief here, wild man. Um, you know, I always I always I, I boy, that's a tough one. I, I'm not sure. The first thing that comes to mind would be Elton John. The stuff he put out in the first half of the 70s is some of the best rock stuff I've ever heard. Um so there are, there are plenty of times over the years where I've thought, man, I wish somebody here would get saved and would actually appreciate apologetics with a CS, not the band apologetics, but they would appreciate the, the defense of the faith because, you know, you'd love to, to talk about matters of the faith with people like that. So that might be good. I don't know. I, 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 that, that's a good question, but who would it be for you? <laughs> who would it be for you? Let me put you on the spot. But be honest, what? Who would it be for me if I was to choose anybody yeah. for you to do that with? Oh, for you oh. to do it with? For me to do it? With. <laughs> oh. Well, that, that's well, a no-brainer for me too. But I want that, to hear. That's it. a no-brainer. I'll let Steve answer that for me because no, that's no, a no-brainer. Well, no, no, you, and you can't say Petra. Yeah. Well. well I, I, <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Fine. Phil Keggy. There you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. How about how about you, Steve? It's your show. <laughs> hey, i want to i want to thank everybody for joining us tonight uh, this uh this show may not air i'm not sure we'll have to see whoa whoa i gotta tell you man um it, it it'd be deep purple mm. which be deep purple which mark which mark deep purple mark one mark two mark three mark four mark five so here, they have all those here, different here, versions here's the deal i i pretty much stopped after mark four uh okay. after you know the one album they did with tommy boland and tommy boland died. uh i love one which is very very different from all the others of course yeah um uh two is the classic of course with ian gillen um it would either be two or three for me because i really love the david coverdale and the glenn hughes era mm. and and very very bluesy uh moving into a little bit of funky uh there uh in about uh, 74 but um yeah it'd probably be it'd probably be deep purple probably probably mark two we do plan to do highway star just so you know we've been planning it for years and we have we have the technology so <laughs> nice yeah I, nice. I really wasn't I, we really like that i'd like to do that song so that'd be awesome. oh, great <laughs>
she bought you a Nintendo last week. Came to her apartment, left the mud stains on the carpet. And then she ran into the bedroom. She was no town. It was for you. Well, Jay, this has been great having you on the show. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, you can go to apologetics. That's spelled with the X, of course, dot com to find out what they're do, what they have done, what they're doing and what they're about ready to do. Um, incredible history of what they've done. And uh, and so we will have you back at some point on the Wild Man and Steve show. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. See, see, I, you know, it's kind of like being a pastor, you know, it's like, um, you know, say whatever you want, but I get to pulpit every Sunday, you know, so I get to close this show out however I wish, you know, it's just push this true. So, no, see, seriously, we thank you for coming on. This has been great. And uh, we look forward to more things from you. And what I was sharing this with Steve before the before we had you on was that the verse that comes to my mind um, is coming from Genesis, the idea with Joseph and everything and his brothers, that what God intended for evil, um, he turned around for good. And when I think of apologetics, that's what I think of with your band, what you do, you take a lot of stuff that was not intended to be glorifying to God and you make it glorifying to God. And that's how you're able to connect with people. And uh, you do a great job of doing that. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Wild Man. It's not just a job, it's an adventure. Fallen times have come. We can turn and run. Stephen didn't fear the people, not even when they stoned him to death. He can be like he was. Come on, baby. Don't fear the people. Baby, take your stand. Don't fear the people. And be ready to die. Don't fear the people. Baby, they're just men. I'm sure many of you have heard of bands before who take secular songs and use them with Christian lyrics. But I can tell you that apologetics is the best one you will ever hear. They truly are the best at what they do. The quality of the musicianship is outstanding. You will be blown away when you listen to them. And what a great heart Jay Jackson has to do this. He found a way to introduce others to Christ through the music they love. This is what God calls all of us to do. As Paul said, I have become all things to all people so that I might save some. This is the goal of every follower of Jesus. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we will see you next time. The Wild Man and Steve Show is now partnering with New Release Today. Find out more about them at newreleasetoday.com. And don't forget to check out our website, where you can also leave us a review at wildmanandsteve.com. Hey.
sounds like rock and roll to me.